Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. James Teresi, how's it going, man? Good, mate. Good. Thank you for uh, for having me, mate. No pleasure. Pleasure's mine, bro. What's what's been what's been happening in your world? You just got back from Sydney, huh? Yeah, I just got back from Sydney. Couple couple uh, couple games, couple A League games, which is uh, which we haven't had yet. So mm. um, yeah, just uh, just getting ready for the for the season to finally start. To be honest, obviously, um, it's been pretty hectic with. Uh, Everything that's been going on, obviously, um, you know the struggles in the league and COVID, and just um, I think it's just good to finally have a start date and Man, just kick it be. off. How yeah. how are you going now? Because Adelaide, and probably thanks to the great man Bruce Shitte, is a very youthful team, <laughs> and <laughs> you must feel weird being like the experienced guy because you've always been kind of the youthful. Or, you know, yeah. the number 10, the star player. Now you're probably the experienced head in the dressing room. I mean, what's pre-season been like for you um, this year with a lot of, uh, I guess, younger boys around you? Have you been enjoying that? Has it been harder? Yeah, I guess um, it's a strange feeling um, because obviously I'm still, you know, the, I guess the, the number 10 and that, you know, higher profile player. And, um, uh, you know, everyone, I guess, looks at me and in terms of, you know, the... the the game changer kind of you know position I play yeah. in, but you know as you get a little bit older, yeah, things change and you do. Uh, people expect obviously different things from you, and you kind of see, see the game, see the world, see kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, completely different. So, um, yeah, it has been interesting. Obviously, like I said, with all the things that have been going on, there's been a massive influx of of, of youth, yeah, um, and younger players, um, but. Um, you know, it's 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 been enjoyable. It's been tough. It's been interesting, eye-opening for myself as well. Yeah. Um, you know the way uh, I guess the way the uh, you and I were brought up, and then you know the ones kind of before us, completely different to to the youngsters now. And yeah, I, they, I know, right? What they can get away with, man. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Um, but um, what no, are, what are some been... of, what are some of the pet peeves for you coming from your generation? Like I assume it's got to be around social media or, or mobile phones or what? what yeah, is, is like, something separate. Like I said, I'm I'm pretty bad with with tech and stuff like that. But um, it's like these TikToks and stuff, you know. What I mean? <laughs> oh it's, no, TikToks are making yeah, it to the change room. Everyone's sitting there doing this one in the change room. I'm thinking, oh, man, no. what are you doing? It's just, oh um, no. So that wouldn't, it's just, that wouldn't apply. Um, I think everyone, you know, watches um, Odell Beckham and stuff like that too much. And just, <laughs> yeah, everyone. everyone's dancing and having fun, and like, you know what you need to. You need to have a bit of that. But um, yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's pretty fun. Like social media is is, cha- is a game changer. You know what I mean? So um, it's changed football, sport, the world. Really, we live in now, mm. um, which um, you know it, it can be extremely. 
good and beneficial, but on the flip side, it can be pretty, pretty yeah. grim as well, mate. So um, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, era we're living in at the moment. With uh, like I said, with with everything that's going on, you know, um, COVID, social yeah, media, um, it's crazy, huh? Football in general. So is it been? Is this on. been like this period been like the most unique period in your career, in a, in a sense, because of like the the stop and start of the season and maybe the dressing room and how times are changing or is this you, your yeah. experience you've just been able to kind of shift through it and, and keep your professionalism yeah i mean if you follow my career mate, i've been in some, some well like, i can't wait to get into it <laughs> i can't wait to get into it yeah some unique situations but um you know what i guess um i guess covid just like chucked everything everything mm. out of out of um the ordinary is just like it's just crazy obviously it's affected um just everyone in so many different ways yeah um but uh in terms of football mate, it's the same same for me it's just um just knuckle down work hard yeah. do your job um i guess the lifestyle i kind of live i'm very healthy keep myself yeah. fit so that you know, in terms of a stoppage of a, or uh, of a season or you know a extended kind of off season or break, doesn't really affect me too much. Obviously, we want to play; we like to play as many games as we can. Yeah. But um, in terms of the way I live and the lifestyle, it's 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 alright for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, man, I, I'm keen to get into because I thought I knew a lot about you, like even your career and stuff. But obviously, coming into this, I just did a bit more research to touch up on that, and I'm like. Holy shit! There's more to the, more to you than I know, and some real quirky situations I want to get into. But obviously, yeah. for those that know James Teresi, he's got an incredible footballing pedigree and career to speak to. Um, and obviously, we've been fortunate in Australia to see you play in the A League for for you know a good part of your career now, and and you've obviously had some really successful stints. I mean, what you did at Melbourne Victory, and and I guess what you're giving to Adelaide now is um, you know, you're very talented and creative players everyone knows but it's just been you know great to watch you know, a superstar in their peak playing the a-league because we're kind of you know we we sometimes miss that a little bit now because everyone's going overseas and stuff so um i do want to get into your career and i guess the crux of you know what what made you come back and and all that sort of stuff but more, more recently just i guess a bit more to your personal life you're like a father now so with with fatherhood yeah. i'm actually curious to know does that change anything when you're playing the game I know it may sound a bit stupid, but we've had a few guests on before and they're like, it sometimes has made the game mean more because there's more of a, a legacy attached to it with, you know, when kids come to life or, or alternatively, it's created more balance and being able to separate football from, you know, family life has been able to separate your football more. Um, yeah, yeah, 100%. It's a good one. Um, I think for me more so, it's, it's created more balance, I think, 100%. Um, you know... Uh, it's just changed the perspective of, of everything, you know, yeah. and, and, and I thought it would, but didn't realize how much it would. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I said, you have a hard day at work, you come home now, see the little one, give him a hug, give him a kiss, yeah. you know, play with him. It just, you just, you just switch Forget off. Everything. And um, I think that's a good thing. You need that. You need to switch off. You can't just be, 24-7 football, 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 what went wrong, what can go wrong, what's happening next. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess you, you, it's you know, it's hard because, you know, it's, he, my little one doesn't stop. You know, he's, he's a maniac, <laughs> he's running around and causing chaos. Gets but, um, 
yeah, it, it, but it, you know what? It's it's a good kind of uh, distraction to have. Um, so yeah, I mean, life changes all the time yeah, and pretty quickly, and it's 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 fantastic, mate. It's it's what we wanted, and um, you know, um, very 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 lucky and thankful, and and um, you know, we're obviously uh, you know looking for for the future and try and have a. Have another one soon, I reckon. Yeah, the future Alice is going to be bouncing yeah, around, mate. It. I can't wait to that's see that, see which yeah. one's going to be in the Socceroo or or yeah, in the uh, yeah. you know the Matildas yeah, for that yeah. matter. But um, so back in Adelaide now. So you're you're an Adelaide boy. Um, played you know most of your junior career, and obviously you have family in in South Australia. Was it is it feel like a bit of a homecoming for you being back there? Was this kind of always planned, or has it just kind of naturally happened that way? Um. It's 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 just naturally happened that way to be honest. Like I left when I was fifteen. Um, the A League hadn't started yet. Mm. Um, obviously I played you know local leagues. Um, so there was never really that connection with Adelaide United didn't exist. Yeah. Um, then I was overseas for a long time. <laughs> um, and then it was Ange Postacoglu who brought me back to Victory. Yeah. So that was kind of my first first ever um, connection Taste. with an A-League club, you know? Yeah. So it was like, obviously it was victory. So it, it was it, it didn't go down too well because obviously, you know, everyone's like, oh, why don't you come back to Adelaide? Why don't you come back to Adelaide? But no one ever approached me yeah. at Adelaide. So there was never that connection there. So um, obviously, um, you know, fast forwarding, I ended up leaving victory. Um, there was interest with Adelaide and obviously, you know, my relationship with Bruce, um, yeah. so it kind of all, all fell into place a little bit. He got the job, um, I was out of contract, um, and and you know I'm I'm here today playing playing back home, which um, yeah it is it is a fantastic feeling um, being back home playing. Yeah. You know, um, I've played overseas for I don't know I think it's twelve thirteen years, um, and you know. Your family come over every now and then, but it's the ones like you know your your grandparents, um, yeah. you know your, your close close family, your cousins and um, your close mates, which generally don't get to see you play. Um, you know you can watch from a TV. It's it's completely different. So just yeah. being back and and um, you know just having my my family being able to come to the game, watch me. Um, and um, does that feel weird you know, for like you a little bit? Like. They're so accessible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's 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 really strange, you know. Um, obviously, you know, coming back with the Socceroos, you know, played Adelaide a couple of times. Um, but every time, kind of, we were back, whether it was Sydney or Melbourne, whatever state, you know, they would make a trip over. You know, it'd be ten, fifteen of them. <laughs> but now, obviously, you know, it's everyone. So you know, my family's reasonably big. Um, so yeah, it is. It is a. It is a strange feeling, but um. In saying that, mate, I've always gone about my business the same way. You know what I mean? I think you have to. Um, you can't get caught up in, 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 in all the all the other stuff that goes on. You just need to step on the pitch and, and no, 100%, you know, do your and, thing. And you, are, you are a great example of, of the athletes that we talk about a lot, of like the sacrifice that comes with you know football being first and, and actually moving out of home at a young age to try and achieve your goals and dreams. And then that dream being achieved, but keeping you out of home for... 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years. And even though that's exactly where you want to be, it obviously has its challenges because you're away from family and friends and maybe the environment you grew up in. And I want to touch on this because I want to get you know, like 
Newcastle United, pretty <laughs> unique place to end up. And it was a massive, I mean, a massive, a massive club still to this day. But when you were there, um, obviously coming through the ranks and then getting a first team contract at a time where like the, the names that Newcastle had was massive. Yeah. So Michael how Owen, how did you? Ro- yeah, <laughs> Michael Owen rocking up the training in his chopper. Yeah, <laughs> you're kidding. Yeah, legit. What legit. he just turned what are that on a regular yeah. basis? Uh, he I think he had one, but definitely when he signed first because he came from Real Madrid, mate. Yeah, so I he know. um he he was rocking up in his chopper. So that was, was a bit uh, of a like everyone was like, what he's going from Real Madrid to Newcastle. Yeah, and... but they were paying big bucks back then, mate. Newcastle were paying. Yeah. Uh, I think it was it was like like you said. You, if you look at the names that they had back then, I think it was something like the third highest wage bill in the Premier League. Yeah, because like, well, man, I'm saying there was Michael Owen, Damien Duff, Charles and Zogbia, Obafemi Martins. Yeah, um, it was like a Bart, Kieran Dyer, um, Lee Bowyer was there, Shay Given, Stephen Harper, Stevie Taylor. Steve Taylor, um, yeah. Uh, I was real close with Emre Benazoglu, Turkish international. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yep, still yep. playing now. He was the, he was he, the captain he, of Turkey. He came from the captain of Turkey, came from Inter Milan. He's still playing, actually. Is um, he play- Yeah, he is too. You're right. He's still playing. He like, yeah, he's, I think he's back at Ferno now, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, I think um, he's. Mate, it was unreal. Um, how, how did that, that come was... about? Like, how did you go from playing football yeah, in South was... Australia to Newcastle? Yeah, I guess not that I was lucky. I was a little bit lucky because, um, like I said, there was no A-League there. Um, and I, I felt that, well, there wasn't, there was you know, not, there was no next step. So it was like, I was 14, 13, playing under 23s. Um, too young to play first team playing against. Yeah. You know, 23s is pretty much grown men anyway. But first yeah. team was, was first team. And it was like, what do I do now? So, um, but it started before that. Um, my old man had an academy where we started up an academy. He pretty much said to me one morning or one night, he said, uh, if you wake up, if you wake me up at six o'clock in the morning, um, then I'll train you, I'll coach you. So he thought it wasn't going to, wasn't going to happen next morning, six o'clock, wake him up, let's go to training. And it pretty much didn't stop, you know. For wow. basically well, forever, really, but until yeah. till I left and went to Newcastle. So, like I said, there was nothing really there for that next step. So, he started up an academy. Um, so, the academy ran for about probably three years, um, and it was it, it was good. Like he he, the dad's an accountant by trade, um, but he played football, no, not at a, at a high level. But um, he loved the game, and he based kind of his his his, um, his coaching skills or tactics or beliefs off like um, you know Ajax and um, the way they kind of did things, and it was heavily based on that. Um, and so we used to train, like we used to train, mate. We wake up in the morning, you know, five thirty, six o'clock every day. Go to training, um, go to school, come home, eat, training at night. Um, and it mixed it up, like, you know, we, we had a close mate of, of of my father's that he grew up with and obviously a very close mate of mine now because he's, you know, had a big influence in my career. He mm. was, um, you know, we did like mixed martial arts, we did boxing, you know, he, he was a professional boxer. Um, so we did, you know, we saw you know, strength and conditioning coaches, you know, um, uh, psychologists, nutritionists, like it was it was full on. It was, it was really, really good. Um, and... 
long story short, we went over there probably a year and a half before that, just to to just to get a gist of you know what what what's out reality there, is really like, what's out there. <laughs> um, and then um, and and we were good, like it was good, it was a good eye opener. Um, was this at then, Newcastle or just overseas to like to overseas, club? just overseas. overseas to experience it? Yeah. Um, but the second time we did the same thing and um, we went with a team. And uh, then we were playing. So we played Newcastle, we played Chelsea, we went over to Holland, we played Ajax, um, we played some lower league um, clubs like Walsall. And, um, and basically from there, Newcastle pretty much liked me and, 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 and that's how it happened. So, um, you know, uh, wow. the, the rest is kind of history. So I went there on a, on a, like a scholarship and okay. then obviously worked my way up and got my pro contract and, and um, I was pretty much with the first team at the end. Man, so so when you say scholarship for the listeners, that's you were living like on in the academy? Uh, so I was I was lucky. My parents actually moved over because they had ah, to. Ah, because it's... Okay. Even till today, you can't move over unless you're... I still think it's... Certain age. Certain age. I think it's 17, might be 17 yep. or something like that for the sole yep. purpose of playing. So they came over with me because at that time, basically, dad was my coach. Then he was my manager. Um, obviously, the academy kind of stopped from there. Um, there was a few other boys that there was interest around as well. Um, okay. um, so they came over. So I was lucky. So um, for that, you know, for that chunk of, of time as well, I had, I had my family there supporting me, which... Which obviously makes a yeah you know, a world of differences as well. Yeah, so just to go without because I do want to go into a bit of what the Newcastle experience was like because around that time I feel like goal came out so everyone had this view of like yeah, what Newcastle was yeah. like. But yeah. just to go back to because I think that's pretty amazing the the training you were doing with your dad and probably great for all the young listeners and and aspiring soccer players to understand actually the dedication required. Because I, I actually, I've always loved watching you play because one, I just like watching left footers play. They always look better yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason, they just look more clean. But to, and I understand having like my biggest asset when I played was always my technical ability. And I know how hard, like you can be gifted as much as you want, but how hard you actually have to work to be yeah. technically gifted and be able to, you know, have the football brain and spatial awareness and stuff. But you have like on another level, like your creativity and your technical abilities, what make you stand out and in some ways you you're like you make the game whenever you get the ball it seems slow like you know what i mean you have that effect which is awesome but do you do you put that down to like some of your work with your dad like drilling you when you say the ix philosophy or where did where did your technical abilities come from yeah um it's hard work like you know i i've obviously have something you know i guess i've always been um, lucky that I have that um, physical ability or attributes, you know, even to today. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, like, um, you know, I'm the fittest in the team. You know, Carl Viet came out and said that a couple of weeks I, ago. I saw he, that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like I've had to work my ass off, but still I, I, I've been given that, you know what I mean? I can run. Um, and that's what people, I guess, probably don't really understand about me. And, you know, unless you're having a pre-season with me or working with me 1v1 and, and, and doing the numbers and stuff like that, you wouldn't know because, you know, you just see my 
know, in the game, my, the Saturdays, the game, or you know, in my left foot and my flariness or something like that. But um, you know, and what you don't see in the game as well is, mate, I'm probably running the most in my team as well. You know what I mean? Mm. Although I make it look easy and it slows down. Um, so I guess I've always had that. Um, in terms of all the other stuff, yeah, I think you, you know, I think, I think someone like a, this sounds cliche, but a Maradona and a Messi, they've been given this unbelievable talent. Some know, just have that it. Some just have it. I don't think I have that. Um, obviously, have you know, uh, I have some quality. I have the ability. You know, I've got a good left foot. My right foot's pretty good. Yeah, I've had to work which is rare for a left footer. Yeah, which is rare, but it's not like I didn't, that wasn't given to me. I had to work no. for that. So it was more oh, yeah. like, okay, I'm a lefty. I'll have 50 shots on my right and 10 shots on my left. You know what I mean? So it was mm. one of those. So, um, I've, yeah, it, it's always been hard work. I've always had to work for it. In terms of the things we did with my dad, obviously we worked on a lot of stuff and it's just like, mate, your best mate is a ball and a wall. You know what I mean? Just kicking up back and forth, juggling, all that kind of stuff. Um, um, In terms of what my, I think think the biggest thing that my father offered and um, what this, his name is Vince Palumbo. He was, uh, like I said, he was, uh, he does stick fighting, he did boxing, did mixed martial arts, did everything. Yep. It was more so um, the discipline, the respect, the conditioning, all this kind of stuff. Like we used to get absolutely smashed. I'm talking like we used to <laughs> have to like half squat, we'd have a pat on our legs and he used to kick us. You know, we used uh-huh. to have to lie on, our, lie on our back, lift our stomachs up and our mates would like sit there and slap us till we're purple, you know. And it's just like, it's just, it was just, it was brutal. But in the end, mate, we were enjoying it. We're working hard. We're getting disciplined because then, you know, if someone on a pitch slaps you, I'm like, yeah, good on you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I've been yeah, slapped hard. Nothing. I've been slapped, you know, it's, it, it's nothing. So things like that um, were, were priceless and still to today outside of football and general life as well. Um, you. you know, it, it, it's helped me. And, and like I said, even just that um, that respect kind of thing, which, which, you know, we were touching on before in terms of what you see in younger kids today, not really there, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. I don't feel it's there. Obviously, you know, you, everyone's different. Um, I'm not saying, you know, the whole, but um, those kind of things there, that discipline, that that, that work rate, that work ethic, um, wasn't, is not, is not quite there. And, um, you know, this is obviously off, off, off topic completely as well, but it's like, um, how much do you want it? You know, why do you need it or why do you want it? Um, my whole family moved over for me. So if I wasn't successful, what was going to happen? You know, like, mate, we were living in the UK. I was getting, I was on a, I was on, on, a, on a scholarship, right? So I was getting, mate, 100 bucks, 100 pounds, 200 pounds a week, nothing. Nothing. Even when I signed a pro contract, I was on like a thousand bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm on a hundred pounds or 200 pounds a week. We've moved all the way over to Newcastle. The British pound was ridiculous to the Australian yeah. dollar. Yeah. Literally, we came a couple of weeks off losing our house in Australia. Wow. You know what I mean? So that was, 
and you know what? My parents were good like that. I didn't really, I didn't understand it, I guess. Like I knew and I knew there was pressure and stuff like that, but they did a really good job of, of kind of hiding and stuff like that. Looking back now, I'm thinking, shit, man, if, if it didn't go well, if it, but I guess, you know, subconsciously as well, it was like, you know what, I've got to, this has got to happen. I've got to do this, you know? And, and you look at like all over the world where, you know, Brazilians, South Americans, Africans, um, that's all they have. If they're yeah, not a footballer, they're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're on the streets. So, and this is what people have to understand. This is what young Australian kids are dealing with. Life's so easy here. Yeah, you know, man. We have everything. You can choose seven sports, you know. Life's beautiful. And, yeah. and, and um, you know, we'll touch on that a bit later. But for me, it's 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 like all the sacrifice, like you were talking about sacrifice and stuff like that. And, and I've always loved Australia as well. So every time I've been overseas, the whole time, you know, for 12 years, I love Australia. I miss it. Yeah. You know I mean, I love it that much. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's obviously a, a lot a lot to it. Man, that's a powerful story. And I love how you say because yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer in like, in anything in life, but when you're doing something, like what's the why? Like, because that can dictate yeah. the outcome and the effort and attention. And doesn't mean it's always going to go to plan, but usually if you've got a big why and particularly your why in that situation is just so much almost like it's your career and your decision and ultimately it's down to you but it's so much bigger than you in a sense because you've got all yeah. the people you love you know sacrificing yeah, well, for you yeah exactly and it was like you know all the way through i guess it's it's you know it might be a little bit different now but for me all the way through school or you know speaking to anyone oh yeah but what happens if you know you break your leg what happens if doesn't happen what what's your what you know what's you know what, what's next and it was for me it was like well no there isn't that's yeah. it you know what i mean so um uh, and you know if i wasn't it and if i didn't become a, a footballer i'm sure you know i would have been fine because i guess i have that work ethic you know um 100%, so yeah. whatever it was if it's mate if it's putting out bins then i'll be the best you know, I'll do the best at that. If it's, you know, building or whatever, you know, I've got that work ethic. So um, I think I'll be relatively successful in whatever I do because whatever I put my mind to, I want to achieve it and do the best I can with, you know, with it. But, um, yeah, for me, it was just, you know, I used to get it all the time. Yeah, but, yeah, but what, but what? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, no, there's no buts. It's just, that's it. I want to be a It's almost like when people sense you're so driven to something and you're so dedicated and focused, they try and draw you away from like, well, what if something goes wrong? What are you going to fall back on? And it's hard because yeah. I always talk about this as like, particularly now as I've come out of it, I'm like, you can definitely be not multitasking, but you can definitely have other interests outside of football that can stand yeah. you in good stead and you can still be like effective on the pitch. But in yeah. saying that, Archie put it so well when he was on. He's like, there's almost a certain mentality you have to have in that in the industry to get the most out of it. Like you do have to be cutthroat. You do have to be tunnel visioned. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of like, as much as I preach, um, you know, having a balanced lifestyle is probably going to help sport and it's going to, you know, there's a longer part outside of your career that you have to live. Mm. Like, I love the fact that you didn't give yourself an option. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were going to yeah, make it's, it. Yeah, it's funny because now you speak to me, I, um, I'm i probably completely different. I'm like you. You know, I said yeah. there, there is definitely more to football or more to sport um, and you need other things. But at that time in my life, I was that age, 
I didn't know any different, mate. I didn't think about, you know, anything, going to, going to uni. Um, I didn't like school. I wasn't good at it, you know. Yeah. I'm not an idiot, yeah. but I just didn't like it. I'm not an academic, you know. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm street smart or, you know, because of the places I've been or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not an academic. I couldn't I couldn't sit behind a computer or, or, or a book or anything like that. It wasn't me. Um, I guess as things started to progress and pretty much as soon as I started making money, um, I invested in property. Yeah. Yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that so yeah that was kind of my okay what if football's not working but I, I guess i had to get to that stage first for be able to be able to do that you know yeah, what i mean so and now like i said I do, I, I do that you know and and um you know that's kind of uh i'm in the position now that if i had to stop tomorrow well i've got stuff outside of football that um that I'll keep be fine, going. you know what I mean? And then keep me yeah. going and um, yeah, so. Um, but I love that, I like the, some of the fundamental disciplines you talk about with the training with um, with your, your dad's friend, was, it, was his name Frank? Yeah, Vince, Vince, yeah. Vince, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vince and, and also the, the stuff you're doing with your dad. But it, it yeah. 100%, this is what I learned coming out of the game, even though I came out young and like fell short of what I wanted to do. I always speak about, I'm like, if you can channel it into something else, like what you've got out of football is so much more than mm. just the ball, like the disciplines, yeah. like the life. I mean, who in the world at you know, 32 can say they've lived overseas for 12 years playing sport? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, um, 1%, not even 1% of, yeah. you know, so it's such a small minority. That's why I think you'll be successful in anything. But I do want to speak about the time in Newcastle because a bit of a daunting period for you because I, I want to get into some of your professional career because there's a lot that you have achieved which is um something i want to talk about but the time at newcastle you signed your first professional contract in 2007 mm-hmm. how did you find that period for you living overseas signing your first pro contract in a team of names we've mentioned before in the english premier league they're also i think in the europa or the uefa cup at the time yeah yeah um like what was that like for you yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I guess it goes kind of before I signed my professional contract because ultimately, you know, I just I just opened the door. You know, scholarship. I've opened the door. I've come into a, a place where I left in I left in January. It was you know summer, forty degrees. I went to Newcastle. Yeah. I had Birkenstocks on, <laughs> idiot. You know, <laughs> mate, it was snowing. Grey. Oh gets no. Light. It gets light maybe ten ten thirty in the day. And it's dark at three, you know. It's oh. like insane. And then, and, and then, and then, you know, then like this is what I'm saying about mentality. Then here I am, an Aussie kid, coming into an environment that I didn't expect. You know, you got these beast of kids, you know, um, thinking, "Who's this young Aussie kid? Aussies can't play football. I'm yeah. just going to kick the shit out of him." Doesn't matter if he's in my team or not. He's not taking my spot. You know what 100%. I mean? So um, it was crazy, mate. Like I said, it, it is. It is dog, dog eat dog. It's because, um, and I think it's harder at that age because um, everyone wants that first team contract. You know that that is the goal. Everyone wants to be a pro. Everyone wants that first team contract. Because I found as well in the UK, which was really really strange. Not like Aussies. You know, we go everywhere. Um, and I had mates, good players. If they weren't successful at Newcastle, 
that's it. They're done. They stop. Wow. You know, they may go to like a lower league in in Newcastle. Yeah. They're not going to London. They're not going to Middlesbrough. They're not going to. They, they, they don't move. It's. I found it really fascinating. Um, so it's like you know what, we got to make it here. We're not letting anyone take our spots. Um. Um. Because like I said, otherwise they, they just stop. So um, that environment was really, really crazy, you know. And, 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 and to be honest, the quality of the kind of youth under 18s team wasn't great. But it taught really? me other things. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, th- don't get me wrong. There's, there's some really, really good players. But it was more so, um, which, which probably what I needed is because, you know, although I was conditioned and had discipline, um, you know, I guess what they saw was my technical abilities which i guess english players don't generally have so stood out a little bit what i needed is people to kick the shit out of me because i didn't have that you know i used to come home a couple of times um you know just thinking what am i doing you know not crying but pretty close to thinking this isn't for me yeah but what what, like i said what was the alternative yeah go back home or stick it out you know what i mean so like you said it's a make or break thing so um it was uh yeah a massive eye-opener but then, like I said, mate, I stuck it out and, um, you know, obviously got my, my, my professional contract um, and, you know, it wasn't all, you know, um, okay, I've made it here. It's like, okay, well, that's the next door that's opened because um, I'm starting from scratch and then it's like, you know, one, um, I'm, I'm, I'm training, I'm competing with, you know, the Michael Owens and, and, and all, you know, Kieran Dive and all these kind of guys over Femi Martins. Um, and, and two, it's like, you know what? These guys are getting paid a shitload more than me. A hundred pounds. Um, pound yeah. You know what I mean? Like ridiculous. Um, and you know, it's like, well, I need to, how am I going to get my foot in the door? You know, when, you know, like you said, they're obligated to pay those players when you're paying yeah. them that much. You have to, not for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably in the end, that's a reason why I probably left. Um, but, um, mate, for me to, to basically, I call that my apprenticeship, although I went pro, I call that my apprenticeship for me to be training day in, day out, I would, I would suggest any player anywhere really, but obviously for me being Australian, coming out of Australia, if you can get yourself in that environment, not even play does not matter. If you're playing in that environment, you'll become a better player and you know, looking back now, obviously, you know, you go through highs and lows of your career and you think, you know, like, you know, when you're on, you're on, you know, hit, yeah. you know I'm playing well, I'm training well. I was on, like, the last couple of years, you know what? I believe I should have been playing um, yeah. for whatever reason, a lot of politics, a lot of stuff that is involved. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it was amazing. And then, and, then, and then with that as well, like, I had some 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 role models there that um you know i guess took me under their wing and then you know kieran dyer was it was a massive one like amazing probably probably unbelievably i'm underrated he was a freak you know and 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 um i guess he you know took a liking to me um they used to call me the the uh, the, the aussie messi you know because i had the long yeah, hair you had the long well. hair in the yeah, f50s the at the time hair. man yeah, the F50s. <laughs> so they had they used to call me you know they used to call me messy um and um um but like just training with him you know like i was young i was there and you know when you're that environment like it's it's 
you know, you don't have half a second. You know what I mean? No. It's, it's ridiculous. And, you know, if you lose a ball, you get told if, you, if you're doing certain things. And, and, you know, obviously, I used to turn into players without knowing what's behind my back. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was young, I didn't know, and probably at, at a, you know, an academy level, you can potentially get away with it. When you're with the first team, they used to tell me all the time, mate, next time I'm going to smash you, next time I'm going to smash you. So then, you know, little things like that, I still got in my head from back then. Always look what's around you, mate. So, and then, then obviously just learning from those kind of players. Um, you know, um, I guess I was lucky enough at the time too. Uh, Craig Moore came to Newcastle. That's and right. Dukes, Dukes I was going to say, Duke was he well. there with you? Yeah, yeah. Duke, Dukes was there as well. So, um, so it was... Um, Mate, it was amazing, you know. Uh, I guess I, I came through the academy too with Fraser Foster, uh, played for England, playing, Fraser I think Foster, he's at Celtic yeah. now, goalkeeper. Okay. Oh, he's um, a keeper, Andy, yep. He's a keeper, yeah, and Andy Carroll, um, you know. Uh, obviously, Andy Andy went on to some, some, some crazy things as well. But he's we back kind at of, Newcastle, yeah. He's back at Newcastle now, so we, we kind of grew up together. You know, Fraser used to pick me up at home and we used to go to training together and stuff like that, so... Um, yeah, it was kind of us three boys, and and it's still a photo. It's, it's I think I've got on my I got it, I got it on my computer and stuff. It's oh, you have to send a photo it of to us us three boys, um, and at the time we we're in Europa, and I was you know we used to travel. I was in the squad, um, and uh, there's a photo of us three boys, and it was at Palermo, and uh, Bresh was playing as well, <laughs> like in, in Palermo, and I, yeah. and I didn't I didn't go up and say anything to him because. I hadn't been involved with the national team either, so it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, cool I was probably starstruck, and I'm like, who am I? He's not going to give a shit who I am. But um, <laughs> Bresh was playing um, in Palermo at the time, and 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 like I said, just that time, and you know, mate, I was on the bench for Premier League games. Ronaldo was coming through, like there was just like I said, that experience, those stadiums, training facilities, just just everything. It was um, it was it was pretty special, and obviously, I think that's kind of. You know, massive chunk of, of um, you know my my football and uh, yeah. I think at the right time so to have that apprenticeship you know going into what was next um, and and I guess you know that's another reason why I went to Turkey like I said I got I got really close with with uh, Emre Benazoglu um, and not many people know this so I got offered another couple of years at Newcastle um, but Kevin Keegan. I, I spoke to Kevin Keegan. He was a coach at the time. He didn't have it for long. He just came in, and um, really, really nice guy. Um, obviously, freak of a player. Yeah. Um, but there was a whole heap of problems going on at the club at that time, um, and I just, I just knew, I had a feeling. Me and my dad had a feeling that he wasn't going to stay around for for long, and he didn't. Like preseason came, and I think he was there for couple months and he left um nice. who came but, in um, was it glenn Rodo or glenn Rodo was there i had sam allardyce then it was kevin keegan okay. and then um like i said it was it was my contract was up um it was coming to the off season he offered me a contract did me a really good favor actually he said to um i can say it now because he, he it's, it was a long time ago he said to the club um he said to me there's a there's an offer on the table um you can take it if you don't I'll tell the club I'm releasing you, and then the future, your next club. There's no training compensation, you know. So I was there for four and a half years. You know, the club I went to in Turkey would have had to pay. I don't know what it was. You know, would have been wow. Bit, so you did bit, you a bit, solid, bit, really? To bit of, yeah. So it did, me, it did me a solid, um, and um, 
uh, I just felt at that time, you know, I was, what was I, I was 19, 19. Um, that last season, uh, I went to I went to go on loan in Holland. Um, Sam Allardyce called me back and I thought, you know what, this is it. I'm, I'm getting on, I'm getting some game time. Yeah. You know, and 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 it, and it didn't happen, and you know that was that was fine. But um, I just I thought I needed to play some some regular first team football, which that was never going to happen at Newcastle. You know, I would have stayed yeah. there and played in the Premier League, and that would have been nice. You know, but um, I just thought I needed to play regularly because and because uh, um, I think we had the, we had the Olympics coming up, Beijing Olympics. Yeah, and then I guess a lot of my moves have been based on. Right Socceroos. or wrong, it's been based on Socceroos as well. So I've, it's always been important for me to play. So, um, and then coming back to what I was saying, Emre, I was close with Emre. Um, he he, he, he kind of helped me get to Turkey. Um, obviously, you know, if, 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 if someone like that is saying to a Turkish club, you know, sign this kid. Who's okay, they're going to sign you. They're going to sign you. You know what I mean? He's like a god. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and he was like, you know what, if you can play in Turkey, you can play anywhere literally anywhere in the world. Um, so, and that, that was kind of one of the reasons why I moved to Turkey. And obviously Bruce was there at the time as well. So that, you know, made, that helped a lot as well. But um, I guess that was my, you know, transition, obviously leaving Newcastle, going to Turkey. So, and the reason for that. Yeah. Um, because I, what I was going to say, sorry, James, you just cut out there. Oh, there you are. Right, we'll you cut that out. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I got you back. No, I was just going to say, because this obviously was a big part. Um, for me, when just like looking at your career, I felt like that foundation you had at Newcastle must have been like not just great for, for performance and getting an eye of like actually how quick the game moves at the top level with top players, but also like the mentality to withstand a lot of like brutal training sessions, brutal feedback, getting kicked, not getting games, but like st- sticking it out. And like waiting for the right time to then make that move. And then obviously Turkey came about and you've explained why because I was keen to understand what led you to move there. But looking at your career, because you went to Genshabule, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah, yeah Genshabule. Uh, Gensh- yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, um, that's it. <laughs> but, but you, that's what I felt like you established yourself there as a, like a yeah. professional footballer. Because um, yeah, you had four years in Turkey across two clubs. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you, like, yeah, so your numbers clubs. there are pretty good. Yeah, they're massive. Um, yeah, and, and and like I said, it kind of that was you know me doing my thing, you know, playing playing with big boys and and yeah. um, earning my earning my stripes kind of thing. So, um, massive, massive, massive experience. You know, like I said, if you can play in Turkey, you can play in a lot of countries, and it was um, it's just insane. You know what I mean? Uh, there's so many other things kind of you have to put up with. That's different to you know uh, like in England or in Australia or. You know, um, so uh, yeah, there it's not just football. You know, in England, you, you're a footballer, you're a star, you, you're wrapped in a bubble. You know, in Turkey, yeah. there's so many other things in terms of fans and all the other kind of things you have to. Um, yeah, you mentioned before, like having some Aussies with you, Bruce, and then obviously Millie Edenak was over there at the time. But I, I was keen to, because as you said, your performances were, were pretty strong there at a young age. and that was probably a great time to establish yourself as a pro football and probably gave you the confidence of like a lot of the hard work and sacrifice you'd done is like, you know, it's coming to fruition now. Like there's some end product that people are getting the recognition you deserve. But I'm keen to understand the other side too, because you went to England and obviously England has 
its own dynamic and it's your first time abroad living there but then coming to turkey it's it's a little bit different culturally it's a bit different the language barrier obviously the professionalism isn't maybe the same so can you explain to us i guess maybe some of the challenges you had whilst living in turkey because obviously on the field you managed to keep your performance strong but what was it like off the field for yeah. you yeah um like you said massive massive culture shock um it it is how do i put it yeah it, it is um it, it's challenging obviously at times it's um you know like i said coming from the uk and coming from or coming from a place like australia um everything's pretty straight and narrow it's all kind of relatively set in stone you know what you're going to get um you know uh, in turkey it's like anything goes um so like i said it was you know obviously the professionalism wasn't wasn't so much there the uh just i guess this is the culture um was completely different you know uh, the, probably the first thing was like the mosques yeah um you know the mosques go every what is it it's four or five times a day yeah. you know um and that was kind of something that we had to get used to obviously because you know the mosques are pretty much in every kind of little suburb so you hear um, the prayers in, all through the night in, stuff too, hey? So you hear the prayers all through the night. Yeah. So that was obviously one one thing. Um, another one that obviously stands out, you know, if I was to pinpoint one thing, um, it was probably the like the sacrifice. Um, they yeah they um, if you're not if you weren't doing well, or um, you know the team wasn't doing well or whatever reason, they'd like sacrifice an animal or goat. Whoa. And then, um, yeah, <laughs> like, they, they, and, and they, they were literally, they were literally, um, happened a couple of times. Um, like, I actually never went there and, and obviously watched it because it's pretty gruesome, you know what I mean? They get a knife and oh. sit the throat, you know, they, they, they get the blood and they obviously say a little prayer and they put the blood on their forehead and, um, and then. In all fairness, that kind of meat goes to what's generally meant to go to someone that's kind of, um, you know, uh, less fortunate. Underprivileged, you know, okay. Um, underprivileged, um, you know, whether you're homeless or whatever it is, like, that's what it's meant to be. It's like, wow. But um, I'm just thinking, mate, we're just going to kick a ball, try to win a game. These guys are sacrificing an animal. animals. It's like, you know, slaughtering animals. It's like, whoa. <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, I guess another thing, uh, another thing, like coming back. So, like I had, I had my first year, and you know, it was in Ankara, and then I went to another, another club, obviously Kaiseri. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a very the the the, the president of Turkey still is from Kaiseri. So that this so was your second he, club um, now in Turkey after this was a this, yeah this was a, this was a second club yeah. so. Um, he he is a, he's the president of Turkey. He's from that city, so he invested a ton of money in building like a fifty thousand seater stadium, brand new, brand new facilities. Um, but it was literally like living in the country country village. You know, there was still horse and cart. Like it was it was pretty it was pretty traditional. You know what I mean? Wow. And um, one thing like as that sticks sticks in my mind still as well is is. Um, and what we were going back on, what does it mean? You yeah, know, what you um, want. kids, there were kids, like I'm talking 14, 15 year olds, wanted to play football because the club would feed them, right? And the club would feed them meat. And that was the first time I've ever eaten meat. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
I still get goosebumps. Um, you know, that's that's the reality of it, and it's like great. You know, it, it, it's insane. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, you're not talking to, you know, that that's 13, 14 year olds first time they eat, like you know, basically eating meat, you know, and they want to be a, it's crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, but what obviously for, for you now, you've you've had an experience in a couple countries, you've had some experience mm. at the pro level where you're confident in your game, you, you've had proper performances at a top level team or in a top level league with a, with a big club. And then the Socceroos, I do want to go into some of the, the more recent parts of your career, but obviously the Socceroos aspect to your career is a massive component. As you said, even you dictated some of your moves around it, around the tournaments to make yeah. these, these sacrifices because obviously playing at World Cups, playing in Asian Cups, playing at the Olympics yeah. are all things that, you know, everyone who's done them look back and kind of say that they're some of the major highlights. Um, for you, you made your, your debut, I think, for the Socceroos was back in 2008 which is a long long time ago yeah now. yeah so yeah yeah so basically um to touch back on i guess newcastle my upbringing because i was with my father in the academy i never went through like uh, the state teams and i never went to the joeys and you know right. the young young soccerers and stuff like that i went straight over so i was unknown right. and it was only till craig moore craig moore came to newcastle and he's like, you know, why haven't you been involved with the national team and stuff like that? And he's like, can I put your name for it? So, yeah, no problem. So he put my name for it. And my first initiation was with the Socceroos in London against Ghana. Wow. So that was like my, you know, I came there, trained. Um, uh, might have sat on the bench. I can't so remember you exactly. The whole, but that youth, the whole youth system. So bypass the whole thing. Bypass the whole thing, and then, like I said, that was my first. That was my first bit, and then from there, it was you know Olympic qualifiers, Olympics. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of how that that happened there. Wow. Okay. So just got going into some of these because uh, there's a period and and it gets. This is where James Tracy's career gets a little bit crazy because. <laughs> Yeah, all of a sudden now, I think, was it after Turkey you went to Atalanta? Yeah, so what, what happened was is um, I, so I was at Genshle Beligi. I had a buyout clause in my contract. Obviously, I did, like I said, I did really, really well. Yeah. Um, that put a massive figure on my head. It's like 4 million euros. Beautiful. Um, because a lot of the big clubs were interested, like the Galatasaray, Besiktas. Okay. Because if you perform well against those clubs, then... You know, you're doing you're doing the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing um, the Champions League these clubs. They're playing Champions League. You know? um, I had a buyout of a million US. Um, the club I went to, Kaiseri, I scored a hat trick against them. Wow. That season. So they liked me. They took me there. Um, I signed a four year deal with them. I was only there for three years. Um, I had a I had a few issues. Uh, with injury, came back to Australia, had an operation, went back over. So I had a, a probably, you know, 18 months of not much football because I had, like I said, a lot of issues. And, and, and at the time, I'd never had really any injuries. And this was another thing going into Turkey, the medical staff and stuff like that is, is some clubs it's non-existent. Yeah. So um, I had a really difficult time there. And then the thing is, is like I said, they invested in me. They bought me. My contract was good. I was there, you know. You know, I was their, their star, um, even though I was young. Yeah. Um, uh, 
if you get injured in Turkey, not that you're done, but you're pretty much done. What, in, not in like, like the coaches and fans' eyes? Like, you don't get the respect, or what do you mean by that? Like, it's not the coaches, and it's not the fans. It's kind of the directors. They're the ones that pretty much run the show there. Right. Um, so... I didn't get paid for eighteen uh, for eight months. I was just about to say, don't tell me date. What when yeah, payments? Yeah, wow. Yeah, payments. So, um, so you know, and and they'd give you a bonus here and there, and they'd give you a month's salary here and there. But like, in the end, I didn't get paid for a long period of time. That's um, too. The last season I was there, so I was the third season, um, out of of my four four year contract. Um, I, I kind of terminated because, like I said, it was. Um, seven months, um, and 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 in saying that, um, so remember, yeah, you know, Felipe Melo, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, Brazilian playing, he was playing, he, playing at Galatasaray yeah. on loan from Juventus. Uh, Reto Ziegler was playing at Fernabache, left back, Swiss international. Yeah, I think I think he's playing in America now. He was playing for Fernabache. Um, so my my father looked after me up until that time and then I was like you know what I want to go to mainstream Europe so um, I had an Australian agent that was based in London come down and I ended up you know uh, signing with him um, and uh, he had connections with Juventus and Juventus had seen me because obviously they were watching their plays and, and so I ended up signing a four year deal with Juventus. <laughs> oh, shut the front door. That is Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the biggest arguably the top five biggest clubs in the world. And how yeah, how old 100%. were you when you signed so, that contract? Uh so I was twenty four, I think. Fuck bro. Yeah, probably twenty four. That yeah, is I think it was intense, mate. Seems so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> But what's that? Yeah, what so, was that, like, what was that said, like for you? I mean, like putting pen to paper. Oh, I was in shock. Yeah, couldn't believe it. You know, my my fucking. I remember it like my. I was back home in the off season. I was back home for holiday. My old man like, was screaming, waking me up in the morning from 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 downstairs. I was upstairs, um, and he's like, "We're going to Juventus. We're going to Juventus." So like, the agent agent called him. Like I said, it was like six in the morning, and I was just still couldn't believe it. So wow. Um, and then obviously, you know, um, went there, you know, did my medicals, um, was involved with the first team, um, you know, tours around the stadiums, stuff like that. Brand new stadium as well, the new stadium they're in now. Yeah. Um, it was, um, yeah, like I said, there's only one other Aussie, you know, Jess Van Stratton, goalkeeper. Yeah. That's um that played for Juventus, yeah. so um you know massive when 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 a club like that comes knocking on your door, you don't say no, yeah, you know, or, or for whatever happens. And I knew it was a, I knew I wasn't going to play there like I, straight away. Um the the um and I knew that because like I said, the top biggest club in Italy, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Yeah. So yeah. um I knew straight away I was going to go on loan, and then I went on loan to Atalanta. Um, and, uh, and, and I guess that was, and that, I guess that was the start of, I guess, a little bit of the craziness with, with me moving regularly. Cause like I said, I had done four years in Turkey, in, in Turkey, four years in England, yeah. you know? Um, and then I guess I was moving and it was more so I had to move because we had something. So it was an, it was an Asian cup. It was a world cup. It was a confeds cup, yeah. you know? And, um, 
uh, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of other things that go on go go on in, in football which people don't see, and and, and um, you know, uh, uh, Atalanta. Although, like you know, Atalanta played can't remember nine, nine, eight, nine games in Serie A, played in the cup against Roma. You know, um, uh, but it wasn't the right club for me. Yeah, you know, we um, we we had a very Old school coach Stefano Colantono. He was like played Serie C, Serie D. Um, you know, just like obviously I had a little bit of pace back then, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was more so they were putting me wide. Okay. Um, but it was like you know, park the bus, five six at the back sometimes. Okay. You know what I mean? So I couldn't show my ability. Yeah, you just didn't have um, freedom, and 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 didn't have the freedom. And to be fair, like the step from Although Turkey was good and it was hard and you're playing against some ridiculous players, the step from this Turkey to mainstream Europe, you're talking about one of the best leagues in the world. Yeah, it was pretty big. So it took me it took me a long a, a bit of time to get used to. Mm. Um, you know, looking back, probably went should have went to a, a smaller club or like a Serie B, played a bit more and then see what happened. But um, you know, it, it is what it is. So and and then I guess from there. So like I said, from the whole time. So even when I was back at Victory that first time. I was on loan from from Juventus. Yeah, I was going to so say because you came back for a um, season. You had a yeah, season, didn't you? Yeah, you killed. Yeah, it that so season. basically, yeah. So that season, I came back. There was an inkling that Andrew was going to get the job for the Socceroos. Yeah. Um, so he brought me back. So I was I was actually I went back. So I had the season with Atalanta. I went back there, but I, I said to my agent, you know, "Listen, I need to play. You know, I need to play because the World Cup's coming." Um, so Andrew actually called me. I was in Italy. And he's like, come back, uh, you'll play, we'll get you back into the Socceroos. Um, because there was a couple of seasons before that where um, Kim and who was the other one, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't play it for, 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 you know, a whole a whole year with the Socceroos for whatever reason, mm. you know, um, you know uh, different flavours. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so obviously I knew coming back with 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 Ange and coming back, you know, I guess um, you know, I knew it's somewhere where I'm going to play regularly. Um, and in saying that, I came back, did well, and I went to the World Cup. So uh, you know, kind of job accomplished. Um, year later, same kind of thing. Went to Belgium. Killed it, scored some absolute bombs. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen <laughs> those se- bombs that, that I, season. Yeah, highly recommend yeah. anyone jump on YouTube. I think there's a, a kind of a highlight to it. Goes for 15 minutes. It's quite like 50 over 50,000 yeah. views. But there's some absolute rainmakers from like 30, 40 yards of you just like turning, yeah, taking yeah. a couple of touches, and bang, <laughs> top bins. Yeah. Yeah, Chip, Chip, he still he still won't like this, but Chip made a run from halfway. So <laughs> Shout out, Maddie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he was playing at he was playing at um, at Bruges at the time, right? Um, and it was the same kind of thing, you know. I probably could have went to a bigger club, but um, uh, in Belgium or just in general. But um, I kind of went to a club where, um, you know, I knew I was going to going to play. Did um, Did you have that perspective uh, though? Because of obviously you've had the experiences at Newcastle, big club, didn't really play much. Then went to Juventus, or it's hard to get a gig even at Atalanta with different styles that you yeah. valued, like, well, if I'm going to live overseas, I'm going to play. And, and with, especially with the Socceroos, um, you know, when you're, when you're in that sort of um, peripherals of the coach, 
it's like you've got to play every week. So lowering your eyes to other teams where yeah. you know you're going to play, you're, you're probably going to be happier too, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. Cause, I mean, and, and and at the time as well, um, it, it it was fine for me because I was getting paid by Juventus. Yeah. Or you know what I mean. So my salary stayed the same. So whether I'm coming to Australia or whether I'm going to a club a place like Belgium, you know, it, it didn't affect me at so all. So Victory didn't pay. Victory didn't pay your wages. Nothing. They didn't pay my wages. They paid. I think they paid a little fee to Juventus, right. but um, you know they didn't. They didn't pay my wages. So um, it, uh, it it didn't affect me, and obviously I was happy to do that because, like I said, I'm, I'm getting paid normally and I'm playing, which is what every player wants. Yeah. Um, I guess because I uh, maybe because of what happened at, at, at not at Newcastle, and I guess like I said, um, you know Belgium. I went to Belgium because in January we had the Asian Cup. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so I, same thing. I needed to play. Um, you know, I think if you're in, if at my age, and if you're going to, uh, say, an Atalanta or Juventus or, a, um, you know, or a, or a club in the UK, there's like an initiation. You need to, you need to stay in that certain amount of years or, or, or do the hard yards a little bit. And yeah. I, I wasn't prepared to do that because I, I wanted to play, you know what I mean? So I could go, could have went to a bigger club, but then I might have to bite my time and, and, and you know, because of so many different reasons or maybe, you know, my quality is not there yet or, um, you know, like I said, you got gun players getting paid a shitload of money and you've yeah, got to play them, they're gonna play, right. you know? So, um, but I guess I kind of done that at Newcastle for two and a half years. So it's like, you know, I, I know what it's like, I need to play. And like I said, all these little things came up: Olympics, Asian World Cup, then Asian Cup. Um, so it was kind of like I said, um, the moves I made are because of the kind of cards I was dealt, and and um, a bit of it was obviously with the national team because yeah. every player wants to play for their country, represent their country, um, and I love Australia. So for me, it was. You know, and, and 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 as well, it kind of breaks up things as well. You know, you have international breaks, yeah. so I get to come home, or wherever it is. We get to meet in Europe, get to see good physios, get looked after, all those kind of things. Because, like I said, when I'm in a place like Turkey, yeah, when I'm in a place like Belgium, you know, like we're doing three-hour sessions. Jesus. Um, you know, we're yeah, like we're we're doing it two days or two times a day. Where you know, it's 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 minus. 10 degrees it's you know turkey like i said turkey you know like he, he i had i had, I had uh, you know doctor release my groins you know not osteitis but i had uh, problems with my groins and i didn't know what it was they didn't know what it was you know they did a little bit of ultrasound and you know i was like oh yeah it's going to be all right you know what i mean in the end i couldn't even get into the car i had to lift my leg up to get into the car you know what i mean so it was like um going away and seeing physios like we have um, and then sending you programs and stuff like that, then I can maintain my body. I can do that yeah, yeah, and yeah. breaks it up. Yeah. So um, that's another important side of things that kind of helped me being involved with the with national team and, and breaking it up a little bit as well. Man, so the national team for you, like there was a period where, I mean, I think three or four years you were, I mean, still kind of in and around it now, but I mean, the three or four years, you were like a pivotal part of every squad and major tournaments. And it started probably mm. you know, before the 2014 World Cup, but obviously the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, it's like the home of football. Yeah. What was like making that team, then going to that tournament, like 
Timmy Cahill scoring that goal against Holland, the whole experience, what yeah. was that just freaking amazing? Yeah, I guess um, I guess it's a pinnacle, isn't it? In, in oh. you know, in, in 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 football and what we can do. I think for me, it's like you know, World Cup and then maybe Champions League. Yeah, you know, that's it. Yeah, it's hundred percent. Um, so yeah, so you know, you, as a as a as a as a kid, yeah, I want to go to a World Cup. It's like, how many kids actually get to go to a World Cup? So um, yeah, massive, massive, massive uh, achievement. Um, in saying that, my mentality, I've never been satisfied. Um, I've always wanted more, I guess. So it was like, I went to one World Cup, but I should have went to another one mm. and could have went to three, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Obviously, I have that there. And, and like I said, there's a lot of other things that what um, happen, what ifs and, and, and things that happen and you know, politics that people don't see and things that go on. And I guess that's probably why I believe um, I'm not involved now. Mm. 32. Um, like I said, but you feel do you feel mentally, physically, you could be. 100. percent I don't. Yeah, 100. percent But um, but um, like I said, it happened. I I, uh, I I got asked a couple of questions and I, I told the truth and and I, and I knew I knew before that that whilst you know um, whilst Arnie is involved then I won't really play for Australia. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I, I told the truth. And I guess um, uh, I think as you get older and um, uh, as I've gotten older anyway, um, and I've always seen things and I've always been taught to see things, you know, black and white and call, it, call a spade a spade. So, um, you know, and I wouldn't advise younger boys to come out and, and, and do that because I didn't do it when I was younger. Yeah. But I guess the, 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 the stage in my career um, and the stage in my life, um, I'm just going to say it as it is. And if obviously if, you know, some people don't like that, um, it's not about making controversy or being bitter or anything like that. It's just being, you know, telling the truth. And, Best way to be, And like man. you said, you get, ha- you, get, you get hammered for it and, and whatever, but at least I can look at myself in the mirror at night and say, you know what, I said, said what I had to say. I'll get asked the question. I'm honest. If people don't like it, whatever, you can twist however way you want to twist it yeah. but um if it's coming out of my mouth it, it is what it is so um yeah like i said i mean i think i got shafted a little bit uh, in uh, in russia um you know I, I was part of the process of leading up there i came into 26 man camp yeah. mm-hmm. is that were you involved in that weren't you it was the last yeah yeah, yeah so i was that was the last thirty. Yeah. so um i came in i came in there and um, like i said physically I, I was i was i was flying um i had a good season um, just yeah, man. for whatever it's, reason, man, this, this is yeah, the you thing. know, and 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 yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like you know, um, uh, 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 there was a lot of stuff that went on. Like I said, I mean, I was pretty much, I don't know why. Um, like I said, I don't know where, what 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 influence was involved there, but um, uh, you know, I didn't. I we had four or five friendly games prior to that with 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 the gaffer. And um, I think I played about five minutes. I was the only one to play about five minutes in, in you know, I think it was Columbia in London came on. That's it. So I never really got given that opportunity either. So if I got given the opportunity and I wasn't training well or had a bad attitude, then you can kind of see the writing on the wall. I think what happened, what happened, it was Tommy Urich was injured. Um, I think Jamie Mack came in, didn't he? Um, yeah, and he did, yeah, yeah, out of, yeah, out of nowhere, yeah, out of nowhere, and um, 
but and and they kind of they both of them kind of stayed. Um, and obviously I got the flick and like I said, it's nothing against those boys or anything like that, but it was like, well, they're not even in my position. You know what I mean? No, so it was like, uh, rare, yeah, it was, it was real, but you know what, well, like I said, um, that's football is what it is. You know? Does that, the way, the way you are, because you're pretty, like you're mentally strong. So yeah. uh, you strike me as a guy that that experience is only going to make you better. But do you use that as like fuel now? Like even now, like four or five years on to be like, oh, I should have been there or... Do you kind of just accept and move on and you're in the now um, of like what's important? Well, you have to accept that and move on because like I said, it is what it is. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, you can't change it. Like I said, if you go into a, if you go into a, a camp or, or if you have a bad attitude or if you if you don't do the right things and you're not ticking the boxes, then then you're given every... Or you're given someone the opportunity to be like, you know what, you don't deserve to be... You know, um, I didn't do that. Um but in saying that, like I said, football is a game of perspective, you know, um, and, and, and and opinions. You know what I mean? It's, it's a game of opinions. So, for whatever reason, um, uh, I didn't even speak to the coach. I kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, I just had a, yeah. I just had a feeling. You know what I mean? I just had a feeling. Um, so, uh, like I said, it is what it is. Uh, does it fuel me? No, not really. I don't think so. Like, um, uh, I'm a little bit one like, you know, I keep a lot of things built up inside me, and and not that I not that I hold grudges, but like I said, I think if you if you kind of do the wrong thing, you do the wrong thing by me. You know what I mean? So I felt that was the wrong thing, and it was just like, you know what? Um, although I think I still should be there, I should have been there. You know, you just got to move on. That 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 that's just. That's yeah. just life. That's just football. Because this, this is what I always talk about. And like a lot of people don't understand, no matter how good of a footballer you are, like environments can be so great and so tough depending on like coaches yeah. because it, it is a game of perspective and opinions. Yeah. And you can have a season where your numbers and stack up much more than someone else's to make a World Cup squad, for example. But like a playing style may suit someone else so like you know Jamie Mack came in yeah, nowhere, yeah, yeah. and like his dream was filled as a World Cup yeah. like a crazy story and that's the thing like, but yeah. go ahead yeah like one one door opens the other one closes like so for me it was you know um, distraught you know like I said I, I guess yeah, I, I had my I had my moments and because the thing is like you said you never get that back that's never coming back you know and, and although I'd been to one it's like oh, I should have been to another one but that was taken from me um, but like I said, then Jamie Mack, fantastic, good on him. He's gone to a World Absolutely, Cup, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's it's and, and that's how things happen so 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 quickly. And that's that's football. That, that, that's football. That's sport. Um, so um, yeah, it's 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 just the way the cookie crumbles. Well, let's talk about the probably one of I mean my biggest highlight for, as probably outside of the goals in Japan with Timmy Cahill making the World Cup in 05, but like obviously winning the Asian Cup mm. for. Many Australians is probably the most recent like accolade that we can all hold hold dear to, other than the World Cups. But I mean, that tournament itself was pretty special, being that it was in Australia. It was kind of like a new generation of Socceroos coming through with Ange. You were obviously a pivotal part of his plans and had that season with victory as well, mm-hmm. um, leading into it. And and also, I think were you at Belgium at the time of the tournament. Were yeah, I was in Belgium. I was in Belgium. Yeah, you were in Belgium yeah. then. So you were you're fine, yeah. but. I mean that that goal. I mean that the tournament itself was great. And how much did you play through the whole tournament? Yeah, so consistent. Um, played the first game, 
didn't play the second, played against South Korea. So, yeah, it was a little bit yeah. on and off. He had yeah. his kind of uh, probably three or four or five players that kind of played the whole way through. And then he was Stop. and then he was um, chopping and changing, changing a little bit. And so, okay. yeah. Because this comes back to as well, and this is everyone would see you scoring the winning goal, and like oh, James Tracy scored the winning goal, won us the Asian Cup. Yeah. But what people don't see is probably the in and out aspect mm. throughout the whole tournament yeah. and the mentality required to be like, well, if I'm going to come in off the bench, like I'm not fucking going to sit here and have a sook or play yeah. down, like I'm coming in to make an impact and, and like change the game and win the tournament for my team. Yeah. So, like, that moment in itself is like, everyone sees it, oh, I was a tap-in, but, like, no, it's so much more than that. It comes back to all the foundation of, mm. of all the hard work you've done and the mentality required to be in a moment where you're still motivated to come in and prove a point and mm. actually have the ability to change a game. Was that, like, for, for those, and, and, and we're going to put the clip at the start of this episode so yeah, everyone yeah. will see the Jimmy Jimmy's Asian Cup goal and his duck and weave of the yeah, celebration. Yeah. But like can you explain that just freaking moment, yeah. man? Because that was electric. Yeah, and like, and like you said, you know, I still think today it's like, um, yeah, I was actually like I said, because I've I've never been that, that satisfied. I've always wanted more and I've always wanted to play and it's like the same thing. I played the first game, um who did we play? It might have been Q eight at Amy Park. Yeah. Like, had a rip yeah. like, had a ripper game, scored. Um yeah. Next game, I'm not playing. It's like, what's yeah. going on? You know what I mean? So it's, it was like he said, and it was, um, um, you know, and then we then then we then played the South Korea in Brisbane, humid as. I don't know if you remember, there was like oh moths around the whole pitch. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then we ended up, I think we, we drew the game or we might have lost. I reckon we lost it. Um, you know, and then like the media was like, oh, you know, these boys shouldn't be staying or this should be happening or that should be happening and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, like you said, long story short, just get on with it. You have to get on with it because, you know, yeah, if no. you're sick and sulking, that's not going to help anybody. It's not going to help yourself. If anything, no. you know, it's going to be a detriment to you, you know, because if you're moping around, the gaffer's going to see it, people are going to see it, you know. So it's like, um, and yeah, even the final didn't start, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. uh that's a thing, you know, people, people don't see it, you know, you, 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 you got to mentally be strong and focused and, and prepared at all times because to be honest, coming on to a game is, I hate it, always hated it. It's hard, it's uh, harder. You know, it's harder. I, I talk, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's eight, like, eight minutes. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, it's ridiculous. Even if you come on 30, you know, 35 minutes or whatever, it's bloody hard. You can't get into the game, you know what I mean? So, um, and that happened, you know, in my career as well. Like, say, in Italy, coming on, trying to make an impact in 30 minutes, you're doing things that you normally wouldn't do if you're starting a game, you know, because you want to impress, you want to come yeah. on. So you're doing things, like you said, that you shouldn't be doing. And then you're coming on to games that, you know, potentially, okay, obviously, Asian Cup final, we needed to win it. So you had to go for it. But other games, you know, if you're coming on and you're winning, you're trying to dribble players and score goals. Wait a minute. You need to be keeping the ball and, you know, and, and playing yeah. simple. So there's all these other little yeah. things. But um, uh, I've always had a knack of, I guess, of scoring goals. And I guess that's why uh, being an attacking midfielder that scores goals um, is, is, is very valuable. So, um, you know, people see it. Oh, it was a lucky tap in. I could have easily skied that easily, you know. And, 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 you know what I mean? Like you see it happen all the time, different story. You know, a different story. And then I guess at the, 
at the pace I was running in, I kind of seen, you know, obviously I was actually throwing my hands up because I was saying, what, Tommy crossed the ball earlier, crossed the ball earlier. He ended up, you know, yeah. he ended up doing wonders and it was just like, I'm on that front foot. No one's going to beat me to this yeah, ball. You, you know what I mean? The knack of getting in front of the player yeah. and, and finishing, yeah. you know what I mean? So um, uh, if you see my first goal in the Asian Cup, have a look at it. It was the same kind of thing. Lecky had the ball. He was dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. And I literally like, stuck my toe in through like three defenders and we scored, you know what I mean? So just having that little knack and having that instinct of like, you know, pouncing on it. Um, and then obviously, mate, just uh, the emotions were, were ridiculous. We were actually talking about this. The um, stadium was Yeah, crazy. it was pumping. I think there was like, I don't know, it was 86,000 and, and, you know, it could have been ninety, but then they had a certain amount of number for the for the for the media and stuff like that. It was obviously right insane. In saying that, we were speaking about this actually the other day with a few of the boys. We're like, we had the golden generation, and then like, they were ridiculous, high profile boys, and 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 and, and obviously there was that. Um, Uruguay game where we qualified and Johnny was you know massive moment they never won silverware and like I said mate, I have I know, ridiculous right? respect for these boys and amazing amazing careers and like I said they, a lot of them played at a ridiculously high level but in saying you know that our, I guess our generation or that group of players that won the Asian Cup it was the first time Australia ever won silverware and not just because I scored, doesn't matter. Even if I wasn't involved in the tournament, it was the first time we ever won silverware. And to do that in an Asian Cup on home soil, I, I still think, I, I really, and, and it's hard for us to comprehend as well, is because like it was big, but it was like we did it. A couple of days later, it was like, you know, because in saying that too, we all had to go back to Europe because we were all mid season, you know what yeah. I mean? So we couldn't really. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. but it's huge you know what I mean like it's it's, and I guess that's one thing in terms of you know I can tick off in my box you know you win in silverware that can never be erased you know what I mean that goes down in, that goes down in history so I, I, but I still think like what we did that night or that tournament you know was massive like I said it's the first time I've ever won silverware and you, you know and unfortunately you look at the state of um, the league uh, Australian football at the moment, the national team. I don't know if it's going to come around anytime soon. You know what I mean? Man, this, well, this is what I'm. This is what I'm speaking yeah. of as well for for me, right? And I've been fascinated because it, it, you're completely right. I mean, we all play the game yeah. for silverware. Like, yeah. obviously, it's fun, but ultimately, everyone wants to win trophies. And, and greatest respect to the golden generation as well. That what they did in their period was like put football on the map in yeah, this country, 100%. and everyone was like, "We're at World Cups," and then we, you know, in some ways over overperformed in a in a really tough group. But in saying that, in 2015 was like, "Holy crap, we can win major tournaments!" And like, obviously, it was on home soil. And and for those that aren't necessarily the biggest football fans, like playing in Asia is really tough. Mm. Not just because the opposition's all different in quality, but I mean the environments that the Socceroos have to go through, which is so foreign in regards to like humidity, weather, time zones. Like there's so, sometimes that sometimes you are almost like, and you'll probably speak to this more than anyone, but I've, I played in Asia with the young Socceroos and the Oli Roos. And it's like playing the conditions was more important than the opposition. At it's, times ridiculous. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You knew you could beat yeah. them, but it's like the condition could fucking beat it us. Le it, levels it levels it out. You know what I mean? It's, um, it does, it's, man. It's, it's, 
like you said, just doing all that, it's it's um it's got nothing to do with your ability. Um, how good how no, good your team is. Like you said, some of the places we've had to go to, um, <laughs> it's just insane, and, and 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 the conditions we've had to play in and be in, um, it's it's frightening. It's like a, a story tale, you know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's a storybook. It's 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 pretty full on. Um, and like you said, yeah. till, uh, um, I guess that goes back to, you know, what kind of, uh, mentality do you have, you know, um, what do you like as a, as a person, as a player, what affects you? Yeah. So for me playing in a Turkey and, um, you know, uh, I guess a little bit later on playing in a, um, a China or a, a Saudi Arabia, um, you mm. know, uh, like I said, but the main probably one at a young age playing in Turkey, well, then I can do anything pretty much. I can play anywhere because some of the conditions yeah. I've had to play in, in Turkey were pretty full on, you know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> yeah, so um, there's so many other things. And that's the thing, you know, like like you said, when it's, when it's you know, the humidity is ridiculous, when, you know, the, the fans are, you know, are crazy. You know, people don't understand when, you know, they're waking up at three o'clock in the morning watching us. They're just sitting home on their couch, and they they don't you know they yeah. you can't you know it's not their fault you can't fathom you know um, one how we got there in the first place, two you know what what what's kind of on offer what kind of training facilities we've had to do and, and you know um, you know what we're training on and what stadium we're playing on and stuff like that because you know because even you know when you're up in a stand you look at the pitch it looks nice and green, but you know sometimes it's absolutely terrible or sometimes they paint the paint. You know, paint the yeah. paint the pitch green so it looks nice, um, but it's um, there's all these yeah there's all these the different kind of the dirt track there's all these different you know conditions and obstacles you have to overcome so it's um, like I said it kind of um, uh, it, it's not real more so or you know where where we're Australian or we got some good players playing in Europe or whatever um, it's it's all the other things that you have to kind of overcome yeah so. There's one. There's a couple more questions I want to ask before we round the podcast out because, as we've spoken of, Jimmy's had a pretty illustrious career overseas from an experience point of view as well. It's like culturally the changes. I mean, you've lived in the Middle East, you've played in China, Turkey, England. You've come back to the A League and essentially you know won silverware um, and dominated the league. Really, in my opinion, for for a long part of your time here. But one thing that always did shock me, and you mentioned it before, which I'm keen to get your perspective on, because obviously you've been around the game long enough. You came, you came into the A-League at a time where I actually think, I think it might have been your first year with Ange, maybe a couple of years before that, and the years around that time you, where you were in Ange, where I thought the A-League was at its peak yeah, in regards to like yeah. the quality of, quality of players we could get from an Aussie standpoint, mm -hmm. and players like yourself in the peak. We had you know, Dario Vitisic was at his peak. There's yeah. multiple players. But then as well as the imports we were attracting, yeah. the Del Pieros, Shinji Onos, Robbie Fowler's, I mean, there's heaps, Del Pierre, all, yeah. all these other guys, Fahid. Um, but like from the 2015 Asian Cup, winning that, you would think, would propel the A-League or propel more interest in the game, more revenue, whatever it may be. Why don't you think that happened? Uh, in all honesty, um, I just think we have had, we still have, the wrong people are running the game. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I think um, you, I think yeah. you still look today. The amount of youngsters playing soccer is 
higher than any other sport in the country. You know, yeah, so um, like I said, I've experienced a lot of things and then seen a lot of things, and I just don't think we have the right people running the game. Our, our youth development systems uh, haven't changed um, since I left, and if not, they've gotten worse. Um, you know, first yeah, first time back I came with Ange, Derby was 45,000, 50,000 that Eddie had, Marvel, you know what I mean? Like, like, I was thinking, shit, man, I'm playing in Europe. Like, it's unreal, you know. We've got flares. We've got, you know, uh, um, now. It's electric. Electric. Man. Now, you you get in, you can't have flares. You get in trouble, you know. Uh, like, yeah, it needs to be controlled. You know, people can't be throwing flares left, right, and sending. I understand you've got families. You want to create a family environment. But that is the culture. That is the ethnicity of football. You yep. need that. Players need that, you know. Um that's gone doesn't exist you know what i mean like i said unfortunately now you know can't get people to 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 to, to games and and and, and like the, yeah. the, the the state of the the league is, is in a really bad way and in saying that this reflects on the national team so you know i i obviously you know got a not got a lot of moves but there was a lot of interest um uh, in me, when especially I did well with the national team, and that's for a lot of players. So, um, you know, like I said, probably I reckon this has been happening for about five, six years now that, um, you know, the league has dropped, the quality has dropped, the national team has done okay. So the demand of Australian players isn't there. You know, um, yeah. and you see it like you see now the demand for Australian players is in India. Um, when I went to, you know, right or wrong, when I went to the Middle East, when I went to Saudi, um, I said we won the Asian Cup. You know, uh, the demand was there. You know, there was an influx of boys going to China. You know, there's about five, six of us going to China. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, the demand was there. Um, very, very difficult now for Australian players. And I guess looking back now, um, I've obviously come back for different reasons. Like I said, family now is, is extremely important and I've been away for a long time. And I guess um, um, not that I've been stuck here now, but it's been very difficult for me to leave, um, even yeah, if I'm doing really well. You know, um, like I said, uh, I... And, and, and unfortunately, um, because of, I guess, for whatever reason, and you know what, it was, it's been like this for a long, long time. Uh, Europe and a, a lot of other countries don't see um, the league as very, as very good, basically. Um, um, so it makes it very difficult, you know what I mean? You've got to be doing some... Yeah. You gotta be scoring twenty goals, you gotta be doing ridiculously well and then you gotta dominating, dominating. you gotta come into the national team, you gotta dominate. And um uh I guess I, I there was a little point in my career where, you know, I came obviously I was I was at victory. Um I was negotiating contracts, didn't didn't happen, um, had a good season, went to the Confeds Cup, um Man of the Match against Chile, scored and, yeah, I was about um, to say, don't leave that out. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, and, and then it was like, okay, well, 
doesn't matter how many goals or what I'm doing in the A League, you know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't matter. Yeah. Okay, well then I'm showing you what I can do against some of the best players in the world. You know, Sanchez was playing, Vidal was playing, yeah. the goalkeeper was um goalkeeper for Manchester City. I don't know if he's there now still. Uh, um, bravo. bravo, you know bravo. what I mean? So like I said, I've got man in the match, I've scored against him. And um, okay. you know, obviously it comes comes back to I guess a little bit of my agent and um, demand for Aussie players. Um, there was nothing really there for mainstream Europe, you know. Um, mm. There was that stuff that happened with Maccabi, um and then uh, Maccabi Haifa, and then um, came back to Oz. You know, like I said, it ended up working out in the end that victory, and we signed a, a longer term deal. Um, but like I said, now I've kind of, I've, I've not that I've been stuck here. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm here now and it's uh, the longer you're here, it, the harder it is to get out. And for me, yeah. for me as well, it's like, um, you know, I'm playing at a good club. I'm playing well. Um, I'm back home, got married, have a, you know, have a child, have a family. So yeah. it's like, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, it's different. And like I said, those are the kind of cards you dealt with and you, you got to play them whichever way you do. So, you know, when I went to Saudi, it's like, Oh yeah, he's just gone for the money. It was like, well, I didn't really have any other options either. And to be honest, I'm going for one of the I'm going to one of the biggest clubs in the Middle East. You know what I mean? That club I was at was next level. Like Al Etihad. Like we had a yeah, there was a lot of issues when I got there with the president leaving and all that kind of stuff. So when he left, there was no money, and then just a whole heap of stuff happened. You know, um, we had like four coaches in four months, um, but in terms of football, we're playing in front of 80,000 people, men. It's only men at that time. I think it's changed now. Mate, we're like yeah. like superstars, like literally. Can't go anywhere. Away games, three, 4,000 people waiting outside. Photos, this, that. Like it was insane. You know what I mean? So it's like, and to be honest, in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia is probably the best quality of football. You know what I mean? Play, uh, quality of football, football like the football wise. is, you know, like the locals are lazy, but man, they got some ability. Like you look at the Saudi national team. Yeah. Some of the stuff they do with that ball, it's like, you know, unbelievably Phenomenal. talented. You know what I mean? So, and then obviously they got the money to to get players. Like I was with Suleim Montari, you know, uh, he played for Inter Milan, played for AC Milan. He was there at the time with him. So, you know, we used to hang out a bit and it was just like they were, you know, good locals. They got some good foreigners as well. But in saying that, the league is unstable because of, you know, all the other stuff that goes on when that comes along with kind of going to those kind of countries. But um, yeah. like I said, it's just, you know, people are quick to judge, oh, why did he do this? Or why did he do that? Why did he go there? Why didn't he stay in Europe? And it's like, maybe he didn't have the options, mate. Yeah, it's like, yeah. that's the cards he was dealt it's with. And that's, exactly and, that, and that's the best, <laughs> that you, you know, know, you, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, uh, why did he leave victory? Maybe there wasn't an option for me to stay at victory, or you know, um, you know, yeah. it's like that's what they don't see, and it's um, uh, you know, it, it's I guess going back to social media gives people a voice that shouldn't be potentially talking about those kind of things because they have no idea. Yeah, you know, there's no there's no repercussion for. Um, or accountability for someone behind a computer saying, 
oh, James is signing for that club or James is doing this or James has done that when no, none of it's true. Probably, you know, 2% of it may be true. You know what I mean? But he doesn't, it's not accountability. He doesn't get nothing for that. You know what I mean? So the amount of stories that have been written by me that are completely false, you know, yes, yeah, some are potentially true, not a lot. You know, um, yeah. I don't, what am I going to do? Sit there and come out on social media and, you know, video myself, oh, yeah, that's not true. He's lying. You know what I mean? It doesn't, Fight back. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter for me because, like I said, I know what's true. I know what's, you know, right or wrong. But um, unfortunately, people that maybe don't understand football too well, which is probably a majority, you know, people want to come to a game, they support a team, they want to enjoy the game. They don't understand or, or know what's going on with all the other kind of stuff. That's yeah. all they kind of see in here. And it's like, then, you know, you're getting a lot of stick for it where like you said you know it's it's um it's 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 definitely not always true um so i guess now like as you said you're you're getting more experience i'm not going to say you're getting older because that would justify you slowing down and we've just spoken of at the start of the episode that you're pretty much the fittest guy in the united it's a funny one because like you said yeah uh just to cut in there it's it's a funny one as well because this is another thing i'm having to kind of deal with now it's like Oh yeah, you're getting older. You know, you, you're getting more injuries, or you're doing this, or you're doing that. And it's like, yeah, I'm older, but like I said, I'm the fittest in the team at 32. If anything, now I really yeah. know what my body needs. I know how to look after myself. I'm getting yeah, stronger. Getting so, stronger. but you know, that's another thing that older get players that you know, like I said, maybe players that are 32, or there's def- definitely players that you know are kind of my age that you know. Um, have injuries or I've had injuries that, you know, maybe they does slow them down and stuff like that. But that's another thing that I'm having to deal with now. It's like, oh yeah, maybe you're getting a bit older, this, a bit that. It's like, well, actually, you know, I'm physically flying. So it's, that's another thing. Yeah, man. Because that's why I, f- I feel for you. Like, I would not feel for you, but anyone now get, gets 30 plus, kind of gets pigeonholed as though they're getting on. But like, you think of like, I think modern day sports science and athleticism just were evolving with professional sport that people in football in mm. particular prolonging their career for longer. I mean, Zlatan's the top well, scorer in the city. Yeah. Ronaldo's yeah. clearly not slowing down. Like yeah. the, the, the best players in the world are, th- yeah. are 33 yeah. plus, like yeah. still like Messi, Ronaldo, you got Ibrahimovic in the city, like a lot of stuff. So for you, cause I take it, you're not one that's yeah, going to yeah. slow down this year or next year. But I mean, how do you have, are you going to yeah. keep playing it's for as fun- long as you can? Or it's a funny one, like you said, but, you know, how can you, how can you stereotype that kind of player when your best players in the world, uh, you know, over 33 or, you know what I mean? Like you can't do it. I, um, crazy man. I, I, crazy. uh, <laughs> might get me into trouble a little bit, but, um, I, um, I heard of a club that were not signing, uh, players over 30 on longer than a one-year deal, you know? Um, oh, obviously, I won't say who they come and stuff like that, I'm thinking. And their players, their best players are well over 30. And I'm thinking, like, what kind of, what kind of philosophy is that? Like, and, 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 and to touch on that as well, I left when I was 15. I signed a professional contract when I was 17 and a half, 18, training with the first team at 18. Went to Turkey playing 19 professional football for 
four years straight and then throughout my career. You got players here, yeah. 21, 22, 23, haven't even played A games. So, yeah, yeah man. And, and, and the short seasons, you know what I mean? So it's like, too many. you can't be doing stuff like that because yeah. your young players anymore, like now in this league, unfortunately, are not young in Europe. If you're, yeah. if you're only just starting to play at 20, 21, 22 in, in, the, in the A-League, you're going to have a hell of a hard time going over to Europe. You've got 20-year-olds playing in the World Cup. Yeah, man. You know, like you got eighteen year olds playing in the Premier League. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. it, it, it's scary, it's frightening, but that is the reality of, of what is going on and, and, and I guess you know, touching back on things again, it's like the development system. Where is it? You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. perfect example. Atalanta, January transfer window, we signed five players, four of those were over 34 years of age, right? Absolute wow. beasts. I couldn't believe it. Like the Italians, absolute beasts. Yeah. I thought going to Italy, like, you know, it'd be pretty chilled. You'd, mate, train like absolutely animals, you know? But I've been doing it since they were you know, yeah. 10 years old, so that's yeah. why they can do it. But that 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 is the difference of, of um, and especially looking at this league and just in general as well, though, those are the players and that's the experience that are going to win you things or not. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think yeah. with the financial problems of the league now, there's an influx of young players, which is not, not the way it works. You know, you have, you have, you have, you, you, no, you have your core, cheap, a... you bring two or three players in every season. They train with a, 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 a normal football environment with you know, older players, experienced players, you know, even in terms of you know the discipline and the way they carry on and all that kind of stuff, um, now it's kind of the, the flip. You know, you got three, four, five older players, um, or experienced players, um, and the rest are young. You know what I mean? So not that it's their fault; it's not their fault, but that's just the way it's going, and 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 it's it's not it's not good. It's it's not a good way. It's not good for their development, um, and um, it's definitely not going to win you the league. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, th this is what I was um, what I was mentioning before. It's like obviously they, there's an influx now of younger players because obviously, it financially it's a bit easier for clubs to have them and sustain them around. But also at the same time, you know, I, you know, devaluing your status at th just because you're 32 mm. is a bit unjust as well. Because like we said, you look at all some of the best leagues in the world, like the best player in the NBA is yeah, exactly. one of the oldest. The best player in the NFL, yeah. the best quarterback in the NFL is by far the oldest. Like, so age doesn't now, I feel like it's really, I'm hoping we get to a place where mm. we're basing it off performance and like how the mental side, you know, whether someone's feeling they're young, then that's all that really matters. But for you now being so active and so fit and, and also, you've, you, as you mentioned earlier, you've naturally always been quite a fit person, but are dedicated to keeping your body right. I mean, do you want to keep playing for as long as you can or are you starting to kind of plan, not necessarily plan yeah. your way out, but just have other interests outside of football that would maybe take over yeah i mean i've definitely had other interests outside of football for a long time um and uh i'll continue to maintain that um uh, I, I guess for me it's more of like um 
on how much more do I have to give, which I believe is a lot. Um, but there's a lot of other things that come into play as well. It's like, you know, what's, 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 what's an ambition of the club? Um, am I still enjoying myself? Do I really want to do this? And I give, am I, I going to give my all? Um, and then obviously there's other kind of things that, you know, if I want to stay in the A-League that, you know, if I'm getting devalued and, and, and all that kind of stuff, then is it worth my while? You know what I mean? Because, um, I'm not asking for you know, crazy amounts of dollars or anything like that, but I guess it has to be, um, um, you know, I guess there's kind of a, a limit there and there's a, um, you know, a value to it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, physically, like I said, I could probably play till, you know, 36, 37, 38. Um, I guess, I guess I'll just take, um, yeah. You know, like every season, every you know contract at a time, um, then reevaluate and reassess it, and um, uh, you know, obviously, you know, speak to the family and then see what they're thinking and what we're doing and all that kind of stuff as well. So, um, but definitely, um, money's never been a motivator for me. You know, it's like um, money's important yeah. in everything you do. You know what I mean? And um, but ultimately, like I said, I've had some moves where. You know, let me get this one one thing. You're not coming back to the A League for money. That's what people don't understand. Mm. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, even so. even at victory <laughs> as a marquee, you're not coming back to Australia for money. You know what I mean? So it, it, that, yeah. that get, yeah. you know, like you said, people see it. Oh, he's, he's you know he's coming back for money or this or he's moving because he's greedy. You know what I mean? Like oh, you're not you. coming back to the A League. Trust me, for money. So um. Um, yeah. but like I said, I think, uh, cause I feel, uh, physically I'm fine. I have a lot to give. Um, it's like, okay, well, you know, what's an ambition of the club? Are we going to try and win the league? Cause I've never been one to just, you know, sit back and just play my football and just go through the motions. Even as I get older, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it doesn't interest me cause yeah. I could only do it. You know, I might be able to do it for a season or six months, something like that, but I'm not going to be able to do it for, you know, two, three, four years, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, obviously, you know, you go to smaller clubs and there's more challenges and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, so in short, I don't know yet. We'll see what happens. We'll play it by year. There's obviously, yeah, there's, yeah, a, year by year, there's obviously a lot of things, you know, that come with that. Like I said, the family for me is, is probably the most important thing now. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I still have to provide for my family. So, um, there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of aspects to it, but, um, yeah, it's hard for me now to, to, to pick up and go and, you know, it was interesting, I guess every transfer window, there's a little bit of interest, but, um, you know, your Indias and stuff like that, I'm not really interested in doing that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I, uh, yeah, obviously yeah. I'm home now. I don't know if that's going to be, um, or for how long or what's going to happen with the league or anything like that. But, um, uh, yeah, I still think I have to play for something you know um and 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 and, and yeah. um, i guess when you're doing that that's probably where it, where you're going to get the best out of you as well if there's something on the line or if there's something you want to do or something you want to show or you know, if you want to win the league um then i guess uh bring out the best of you as well yeah man it's like that what's, what's yeah, the why it's still, it's still, always still there. there as long as there's yeah. a strong why you're still going to keep going but man for 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 those that are listening, you know, this is a, the, I would just say, this is another side of James Troisi. Yeah. Not many people have heard, bro. So I appreciate you 
coming on this episode, coming on the Unlaced podcast, being um, you know so open about your career. As I said, you've had one of the from a more of the modern day Socceroos, um, you know, one of the most unique and well rounded experiences across the globe in football, and have tasted it in some of the biggest leagues in the yeah. world, some of the strangest places in the world as well. Um, so you've got a lot to give and still more to give this year. And, and as I said earlier, one of my favourite players to watch in, in the A-League. So looking forward to watching you um, next season, man. It's going to be exciting. And we'll have to, when the season's up and running and everything's COVID safe, yeah. we'll have to get you in the studio um, for a more updated version. 100%, Check mate. Thanks for, thanks for having me. And I think, like you said, what you're doing, it's good to get a different perspective on, you know, on, 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 on football and athletes and, you know, the things you go through and the ups and downs. And um, like you said, you know, Generally, we do interviews, and this is like, um, you know, how you doing? What's going on on the weekend? And you know, how's your training going? But this is this is the nitty and gritty, and and and, and the real the real the real world, and the real the truth real about world, it. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's um, um, it, it's yeah. good to come come on and, and obviously, um, yeah, express myself, and, and um, yeah, it's been a pleasure, mate. Awesome, James Therese here, superstar. All right, take care. Thanks, brother. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.